My name's Mike. I'm one of the pastors here in Encounter. And it is fantastic to be back with the tribe back home. If you're new here, a huge welcome. I just want to let you know about our entire purpose, our entire being, and that is to help you encounter Jesus. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. We exist to help you have an encounter with Jesus. And so my prayer is that you've already done that through, through other people coming up and being Jesus to you, or you've been able to experience Jesus in worship, or maybe the Holy Spirit's going to drop something on here during the service. You never know. Now, tonight we've got a very special uh, little thing happening. Instead of just having a normal sermon, as we've been going through this series, right, we're in the middle of a series called Sending Capacity. We've been looking at these different avenues for mission, different avenues for mission. And we've been using the rubric of Acts 1, rubric, that's a fancy word, I should stop using words like this, like the lens, the, that's just how we've been looking at things, okay? We've been looking at it through the window, how's that? It's like play school, we've been looking at it through the window of uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which is where Jesus sends out his disciples and he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is like your hood where you are, your, your family, your friends, and in Judea, which is like your region and area, your state, your nation, Samaria, which is like the people groups and the places that are like you, but just a little bit different and maybe make you a bit uncomfortable, and to the ends of the earth, which is exactly what it sounds like. So I'm really excited in that we've got uh, three people coming up to share their stories of faith, their testimonies, their own stories of mission. And the reason we're doing this is... is to get you hearing the on-the-ground stories of people who God has already done a work in, right? Because that's encouraging. It's, it's one thing for me to just get up and talk at people week after week, but it's another to hear the on-the-ground stories of how people have had their lives changed by God. But I want to just start quickly by looking briefly at the heart of mission and why we're talking about this in the first place. And that's because our God is ascending God. How many people know that? Our God is ascending God. So you go through the entire Bible, Old Testament and New, and you hear story after story of people living sent. You think of Abraham. Abraham was sent by God to be the father of a nation. and said, go and I will lead your people. They will be more numerous than the sands, the grains of sand in the desert, and I will lead them to the promised land. And so Abraham went, sent. Moses, Moses, our good friend Moses, tried to do a runner. And God said, no, no, no I'm sending you back into Egypt so that you can take my people and bring them out of Egypt. I'm sending you with a mission, on purpose, for a purpose. That's how he's made us. Then God comes to, they come to the promise, and then it's Joshua's turn. It's like, Joshua, you are my guy. Your job is you are sent into the promised land, and you are going to take this nation for the Lord. And time and time again, you hear people being sent. Sent again, sent again, sent again, in all these different circumstances until finally, the writer of most of the New Testament is Paul, and Paul is sent to be the apostle to the Gentiles. You and I are here because somebody was sent. We are here because somebody lived their life on mission. How good is that? I missed one in the middle there. There was one other person who was sent. The reason we know God is sent is because he sent himself. Jesus came to us. God sent himself into earth. He was pleased that the fullness of him would dwell in human flesh, in the form of Jesus. God is ascending God, and he's calling us to live sent. Now, the difference between living sent and going to tons of places, right? Like I'm doing a, taking a round-the-world trip, which, you know, fun, sure, whatever. But God's not calling you to go on a round-the-world trip, probably. 
He's probably calling you to live sent where you are right now. Because your Jerusalem is a place you are sent to. I hear stories often of people in the international mission field who go over for a short-term trip. And um, over there, they're like, oh, how can we pray for you? And, and the people in overseas nations say, don't pray for us, pray with us. You won't know what to pray anyway. It's like, oh, harsh, but true, right? Like, we don't know their situations. They do. So we pray with them. Who knows our situations? We do. You know the unique prayer needs and situations of those around you. And just to tap into this a little bit further, your Jerusalem, those people immediately around you, it starts and ends with your relationships, your relationships, your family, your friends, your workmates, your colleagues. You've, you've got this unique group around you that nobody else can reach. Everyone has a unique mission field. And at Encounter, we push an idea called plus one. Everyone say plus one. Plus one, all right? Like somebody's just liked your Instagram post or something. You know, plus one mentality means there's always room for one more. You guys are all here because at some stage somebody treated you as a plus one, whether it was as a kid brother or kid sister getting dragged along to youth group or whether you were the plus one from your parents who brought you along to church or you just happened to come along. This is your first week and you are the plus one this week. You never know. But somebody has prayed for you and sown into you and invited you. And God is calling each and every one of us to live out our mission by considering who could our plus one be. Who is the person that God has uniquely placed you to reach, that you can pray for, that you can invite places, that you can have dinner with, that you can be generous towards, that you can be real towards, two of our core values, and share your testimony and your mission with? And even now, I believe that as I'm saying these things, God will be putting people on your heart that you're like, this could be the person that God has put in my life right now to reach. Chances are you've got you know, 20 or 30, but there's probably one to two people that God is saying, this person, this couple right now, sow into them, sow into them, okay? Because when, like, the idea of go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations is intimidating if you take it all on yourself, right? Me, there's seven billion people. I think, like, a billion of them are Christians or two billion. That's great. That's still quite a lot left over. I can't do that. It's like, no, you can't. That's all right. You don't have to. But who is in your Jerusalem? Who is your plus one? That's who God wants you to take responsibility for. Okay, that's good. So we're going to have some people up now and we're going to hear some stories. So um, I'm just going to grab a drink bottle and I think I'm going to have my, my stools brought up. And um, we, we have got, thank you, Jez. We've got three stories to hear. Uh, and I want to start. Thank you, Jessica. Ash, look at these amazing humans. Come on. Uh, we've got three stories to hear, all right? So we're going through this Acts 1-8 idea of Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Judea, Judea. Samaria, Samaria. Samaria, ends of the earth. Smooth, yeah, great, awesome. <laughs> this is what family is for. Um, so let's start with Jerusalem. Now, we don't, we don't have somebody to come up and share for Jerusalem. What I want to talk about instead is an event that's coming out, which is this Prospect Spring Fair. Part of our call as Encounter Church is to be planted in prospect, and, and everyone here comes from all different places, right? From all over, and uh, that's that's fine because you're called to your local neighborhood as well as to encounter church. That can be the same thing. But one of the things we're called to do is make an impact in prospect. We want to see God known in prospect. We want to see people encountering Jesus in prospect. We need to be a church that the longer we are here, the more people would miss us if we left. Okay, right now nobody would miss us if we left, and that's okay because we're brand new. You were allowed to do that. You've got to start somewhere. 
But the Prospect Spring Fair is one way we can make encounter known throughout Prospect so that we can make God glorified throughout Prospect. So we are having uh, two different stalls next to each other that the Mighty Tex is organizing. Give us a wave, Tex, at the back. What a, what a wave. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Six foot five, and that's as high as it gets. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there it is. I see that hand. We are having a, a two stalls. Right? We're having barista-made coffee, good encounter church coffee. Because if anyone went to the Prospect Spring Fair last year, God bless you if you're listening to this on the podcast. I love you. I want you to come to faith. But you need to come and have one of our coffees first so you know why we need to do coffees this year. Okay? It was a problem last year. I have a problem with drinking too much coffee. And so it was a problem drinking bad coffee at the Prospect Spring Fair. So we are bringing great coffee. And one of the reasons we're doing that is to show our love and our generosity and and our quality. But also we're doing it because our other thing is we've got these amazing crafts set up for the kids of Prospect. Freebie crafts. And they're going to come and do it. Do you know what parents do? They stand and wait. Do you know what they do when they're bored? They go and get a coffee. So we are going to look after every parent in Prospect by giving them amazing coffee, selling them amazing coffee at a very reasonable price. And we are going to uh, look after the kids and we are going to make ourselves known as a church so that we can make God glorified. Amen? And that's one little way that we are going to begin to make Encounter known throughout Prospect. And I'm really excited. I'm not going to give stuff away, but we had a great meeting today. We've had some great stuff going on in the last couple of weeks behind the scenes. And I'm excited to start to baptisms, you know, coming up. We'll just tease out a little bit more week after week. It's going to be fun. The rest of this year is going to be a barrel of laughs. That is Jerusalem. Jerusalem is your local hood. Let's talk Judea. Judea is more like your region. So Jerusalem was a city, the capital city of the Jewish people at that time. And they lived in the region of Judea. Jerusalem was in Judea. So think Adelaide in South Australia. So in some ways, South Australia or maybe Australia is our Judea. Is our Judea. I believe we have some German friends here. Is that correct? Amazing. So maybe you're from, you know, München or, uh, yeah, are you really? Ah, spot on. How good is that? (laughs) Just quickly, Bayona, 1860. Bayona, 1860. Yeah, yeah. Winners and greeners, right? Like, come on, always top. Anyway, enough about Bayern München. We can talk about them another time. But so so for you, it'd be, you know, München's Jerusalem, Germany is is your Judea. It works a bit like that. Or in Australia, is our Judea. Make sense? Yeah. But <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we all get it. Excellent. Remember, every, all the other encounter people were like, so I travel to Germany. What do, I, what do I do? No, 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 no. For you, for most of you, it's Australia. Okay? Great. Good. Um, so we're going to talk about Judea. That means ministries that go a little bit wider than just your family, your friends, and maybe reach the whole of the state. We, were, we are going to talk with our very own Pieta Gr- Brown. Coming up, Pieta, let's make her feel welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. good yes. Exciting times. Yes, yes. For everyone listening on the podcast, Pieta got married this time last week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just people in the audience confirming, yeah, that's a fact. I checked it on the internet. It's true. It's been fact-checked. Great. Awesome. (laughs) So, Pieta, tell us, what do you do in Judea that's exciting? 
Uh, I have been involved in green team. Um, my husband is currently wearing the green team jumper, repping you, the logo. Stand up and turn and sport it for us. Green team. Um, yeah, so I, this is a group that goes to Port Elliot, Victor Harbour area, um, at the end of the year for the Year 12 Schoolies event. So the school leavers um, have a big party. Yeah. Um, South Australia is the only state that, where it's Christian church ministry that actually organises and runs the event. Um, so it's a really exciting time for them and a really exciting time for us as volunteers at the event. Too. Yeah, that's so good. What's the name of the organisation that runs Green Team? Encounter. What a great name. <laughs> what a great name. How could we not support them? So, now, Pieter, you're actually going to be on your honeymoon for Green Team this year. We'll get, we'll yes. get to that in a minute. How did you get involved with Green Team? Uh, my old church uh, had been running it for about 10 years, um, yeah. and I was uh, in year 11 and 12 and heard about it. Some of my peers who were a bit older um, attended Green Team, um, and I just thought it was something really fun, and they always seemed so pumped and so excited about it. Mm. Um, and hearing their stories afterwards, um, it was just a life-changing experience, it sounded like. So I wanted in on that. Um, so first year out of high school, I went back and did green team. Um, did it for three years. And then the fourth year last year, um, I helped lead my team. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And so what, what was an area that you got to lead in? What are some of the different areas of green team? Uh, green team is split into three different zones. So there's the accommodation zone, which is uh, where, where all of the schoolies are staying. So the caravan parks, um, the grounds where they're set up, they're tenting or in cabins. Um, and a lot of the churches are there just to make sure that during the day that they're okay, everyone's having fun, everyone's being safe. Um, if they need any help setting up. Um, then there's the accommodation zone, which runs just the circumference around the festival zone. Um, and they've got fun activities, they've got food, um, they've got people hanging around, handing out water. Um, and then there's the festival zone, which is the innermost bit, which is the party central. Um, so they've got four different music stations, areas. Um, there's a lot of different churches involved within each of those areas. Um, mm -hmm. So I was inside the festival, the party zone. Awesome. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> and um, so this is... This sounds like an amazing... I've, I've actually never been to Encounter Schoolies. I think I'm like the only pastor in Adelaide. I don't know how I got my credentials without going first. But uh, it's, it, honestly, it sounds like the body of Christ working together as it's meant to. It is. Um, I think Green Team is a really good um, depiction of how the church of God doesn't have a mission. It's the mission of God that has a church. Come on. And we're all in our own little local churches, um, but Green Team pulls together all denominations, all ages, um, all different people in different walks of life and we're here for a purpose and I remember turning around and one of our last we have a worship um, session each day before we go out into the battlefield um, and I remember turning around and looking and just seeing a sea of green and just realizing that this is so much bigger than me this is so much bigger than my local church like this is God this we're here for a purpose that's amazing that's awesome. So, uh, tapping into that a bit more, we're here for a purpose. It's bigger than just you. How, how is this to you, living out God's mission for the world? How is this you being mission is your vocation? Um, I think it really suits my personality. You know, I love people. I love being around um, around others. Um, and it's not so much I'm there to serve others, but I'm there just being, you know, being a friend. You know, a lot of the time in festival, you know, we are having fun. We are dancing around. Um, but you do get those opportunities to sit and talk with people and you really hear their stories. Um, so I think uh, it's the one-on-one -on -one interactions that make this a mission for me. It is, it is such a big um, orchestrated event um, and a lot of things go on behind the scene. But I think that being able to live out my faith and being able to tell people when they ask me, so how much are you getting paid to be here? Saying, no, I'm paying to be here. Like, I'm paying to help yeah. you. 
Um, and their reactions are just amazing. But like, why would you do that? Why would you come here and pay like to sit with drunk people? Um, and it's because God loves you. And yeah, their so reaction okay. to that is just the best thing ever to see their faces and realize yeah. it's these are the faces of God. These are the people who are here for them. Like, this is the reason we're here. Yeah. Now, I, d- I didn't prep you for this, but have you got any good stories? <laughs> uh, yeah. Are we going for funny or like really? Oh, whatever. Story, you yeah? can. I was um, thinking deep, but if funny is always yeah. good. <laughs> um, my first year at Green Team, the first night I ran into some girls, so I was only 18, so some of these kids were older than me. Um, I uh, saw these girls and they were having heaps of fun um, and they were laughing and joking um, and then one of them, uh, the, her mobile phone went dead and she lost her friends and she came back to me because she'd seen me earlier in the night um, and I talked to her uh, and so the green team runs over three nights. Um, so the second night, she came back and said, thank you so much for sitting with me and talking to me. Um, that meant so much. You know, we love you so much. I found my friends again. And they were on a bit of a high at this point, And they were you really excited. And we're like, oh, Pieto, Pieto. Um, the third night, I can just hear screaming from the other side of our venue area. Um, they're going, where's Pieto? Where's Pieto? We need to find Pieto. Um, and they'd all sat together that morning earlier. Um, and had written me a letter about how much they loved me <laughs> and how much I was the nicest and most beautiful person they'd ever met. Um, so I think uh, it just shows, like, how much of a difference just sitting and being with people. We didn't talk that deep. Like, I asked them about school and their future, um, what they were planning on doing, um, and, you know, their friendships, like the three of them who were together. Um, but, yeah, it just shows how much of a difference that you can make and, and how yeah. excited they were, and I still have that letter um, in my bedside table Amazing. Today. Yeah. Amazing. Encountering Jesus through being Jesus to people. That's, that's so good, mate. Um, what were some of your initial struggles? Like, what, what were some of your struggles in working in Green Team? Um, I think a lot of it is just pure exhaustion. You're, um, you're on your feet uh, 6 p.m. till 3 a.m., just pumping, just dancing mm-hmm. and moving and high-fiving. Um, and I think it, it, the first day is okay, but then after that it hits you and it hits you harder again the third day. Um, so I think just having not only the mental strength but the physical strength, you know, just to be positive. Um, mm. And it is really easy in the festival. We do have a pretty good gig because um, everyone who is there is excited and wants to be there. Um, so I think I found once, once it had finished and once we were home, I definitely crashed. Um, but I was surrounded with such a good group of people. My team was so close. Um, we prayed for each other before going out. We had worship sessions during the day. Um, so I really felt supported and there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be okay. And I was here for a reason and it was all going to be so worth it um, and so much fun. Mm. And I, th- I think that's helpful though because, I mean, in, in some ways we can look at mission and at Let's say something like, hey, you're going to the party tent, you're hanging out with people and dancing all night. Oh, wow, real, you know, real tough job, Peter. But it, it's really not all glamour. Like, you're, you've got a job to do. Mm. Yeah? Like, yeah. A, it's, it doesn't happen very often, but there, were, there has been a couple of incidences um, where someone's come in and is crying and bawling and you can't really figure out what's happened. Like, is it something serious? Um, are they hurt? Are they harmed? Um, so it is. it does take uh, a little bit of intuition and a little bit of being prepared to go deeper with some people if they need it. Um, mm. uh, and we had a couple of emergency services calls. Um, so it's it can be a bit scary, but I think at that point it's, you're just running off of adrenaline um, and you know that at the end of the night it's their friends who are watching and you being calm and you being present with them while this is happening around them, that's going to make all the difference. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I just I love the relationships and connections you're making through that. And 
you know, obviously, like, you, like going back every year, you build relationships not with the same students every year, but with the same team. You're building team relationships across the Church of Adelaide, I would imagine, as well. How can, how can people get involved in Green Team? Uh, so Green Team is all church-based. Um, so there are a lot of churches around and you can link up to one of those churches that you know have got a team. They'll be in one of the zones, so accommodation, welcome or the festival zone. Um, so it's pretty, to get involved in that, it's easy to join a team or you can start a new team which Encounter may possibly be looking at in the future. Mm. Uh, but yes, Mike has details on that. Um, and if you are keen this year to get your hands dirty um, sooner than that, um, talk to Mike about that. Yes. Yes. So because Pieta's going to be on, on her honeymoon, um, and so is Tom, I should add. He's allowed to go too. Um, we're not going to run our own team this year because it's quite a big deal to get a team up and running. But what we do have is, is we've linked up with another local church. And if you'd like to test it, like if you'd like to get your feet wet without necessarily going, oh, yep, we'll sign up for what might be a leadership role on the team. But just to go, I just want to see what it's like. I want to serve on a team. Come and let me know and um, we'll connect you in with, with the church that we've got a partnership with. Okay, that'd be really good. Um, one last thing. How do you feel like God's transformed your heart through the work of Green Team and Encounter Schoolies? Um, I think he's taught me that I can handle a lot more than what I think I can. Um, after going on Green Team and just, you know, rocking up and having fun, um, up until uh, leading last year, managing 20 of my own team, as well as making sure the schoolies are okay, um, as well as, um, you know, security guards and everyone, just making being aware of what's happening around me. I think he's... Um, taught me that, you know, you, this is where you're supposed to be and you have a gift in this, you have a gift in people um, and you should be using it, like continue, right. don't, don't stop because if it gets hard, like this, this is where you're supposed to be. Awesome, so resilience there too, that's so great. Can we thank Pieta for sharing with us, <laughs> legend. So that's our Judea, let's talk about Samaria, Samaria, our neighbours who are right near us but who are maybe just a little bit different from us with the lovely, wonderful Hospo Queen herself, Jade Williams. Come on up here. Initial encounter member, badge of honour, Hospo Queen, OG Jade Williams. No, it's a stool. You'll be fine. <laughs> How are you going? Good. Good. Good, 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 good. Didn't see you at the wedding last week. Where were you? So I was up in Copley. It's a small town about 700 k's north. So just 700 k's north. Yeah, That's a long way north from where we are now. Seven hour drives. Mm. Maybe not 700 k's. Maybe it's like 500, but it's seven hours. I mixed up my numbers. No, Sorry. no, no, no. Good. Like yeah. I think by the time you're getting to 500, it's you know you're allowed to exaggerate. That's fine. What were you doing up in Copley? Uh, so I'm a part of a team of people who. We just go up and hang out with the kids, really. Um, we spend a week, oh, a weekend, so quite often it's Friday to Sunday, or if it's a long weekend, Friday to Monday. Um, and we have a schedule that we stick to, but we just hang out with the kids. We just play games with them. We go on hikes with them. We um, hang out with them. We do crafts, yeah, have dinners. So unpack this for us, though. What, kind, what kids are in Copley? Aboriginal. So it's a 
pure Aboriginal community. So very transient. We never really know when we go up who's going to be up there or if there's going to be any kids up there at all. Do you know um, what people group they are? Uh, I do, but... Come I and see her later for that information. Yeah, I can't pronounce it, so I'll just skip that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sorry, keep going. Yeah. So it's quite a transient population, you said, at Copley. Yeah, okay. huge. Okay. And so you got involved in this through CE, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So every year um, Christian Endeavour runs two camps, so a senior camp and a junior camp. So senior runs over New Year's and then junior camp runs about two days after. Um, and they're both week-long camps. Um, and for those who know me know that I'm not great with children. Like, it's not one of my uh, giftings from God. <laughs> See me about coffee and, like, I'm all there, but children, not really. Um, so... Uh, about two years ago, like just after a couple different um, promptings from God, I ended up going on CE Junior Camp, which is like their kids aged 9 to 13, I think. Um, and I was like, look, God, I know that you're telling me to do this. I don't want to do it. Um, but I went and it was amazing. Uh, but every year we bring a bunch, like a group, about 20 Copley kids down to Adelaide so we bust them all down um, and they come on the camp. So that's how I originally mm -hmm. got involved was through CE and seeing it and going, oh, my gosh, I want to be a part of this. So, yeah. 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 Uh, just just a 30-second sidebar on, on why it's so important for us to care for our Indigenous brothers and sisters. I mean, uh, my, my experience has been I feel very, very fortunate to have a few Aboriginal friends, people I can genuinely call friends, but my experience has been that most... Caucasian, Anglo folk don't have Aboriginal friends. They may have met Aboriginal folk or live near them or whatever, but there's not many friendships. That's not a, a shot or an insult. It's just a comment on, on what I would view as our state of society. And the way to build relationships and to build understanding is through friendship, primarily through friendship. And so when you're, when you're doing something, and this is why it says that for God has made us like friends. I no longer call you servants, but friends, Jesus says to his disciples. So we're building relationships through friendship. And Jade, as you go up and you're in Copley year after year, you must, or not year after year, but sort of every few months, six uh, months? What's we do. I think there's five, five or seven trips that are run each year. Right. Um, I've only been on a couple, so this, this is only my second plus two CE camps. Yep, yep. But I imagine you're starting to build relationships with some of these kids, right? Yep. yep. How does... How do you go with that first moment getting to Copley? What was it like, you know, I love your sister, but you're a white girl from the suburbs. What was it like going into Copley for the first time? Uh, we are very blessed and very fortunate to um, be led by two women. One is an older Swiss, Swiss lady, um, and she is just so passionate, and she's actually quite connected to the community. Um, so without her, we would be lost like we wouldn't have mm -hmm. this ministry um but whenever we go with her she's like a magnet to the kids so they see her car and they just flock so we've got a house or she owns a house up there just recently bought yeah um so because we have that blanket of security it's a lot easier yeah. but it's quite it's a whole different world up there like it's um nothing like our city life like it's very country but on top of that, it's very, like the first time I went, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like, what am I going to say? What am I, you know, do? We yeah. talk to some of the elders in the town, um, meet them, but you are very separate. Like, you're not 
a part of their community. <laughs> Why do you think it's so important to do this? Because God calls us to share love. And that's what we're doing. We're not going up there to change the community or to bring in different rules or structure or whatever. We, we literally go up to play with the kids and just teach them about God, teach them how much God loves them because they don't have anyone doing that. So we just want to see a generation of people that love God and that know, knows that God loves them. So that's why yeah. I think it's important. That's so good. That's so good. How could, how could other people get involved? come on a weekend trip we're not formal at all we um we have a facebook group and we've got a list of the trips um and a whole bunch of people involved but we really need men <laughs> to come up men uh, last trip that we were on last weekend we were four girls and it makes such a difference because all the kids come and they oh where's thomas where's ben like they want mm -hmm. the guys to play mm -hmm. games and stuff like it's just different i don't know what it is dynamics um but yeah, honestly, it's just, I don't know, send me a message. Come up, I'll give you the dates. <laughs> we'll have you any time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. And I mean, this is this is the sort of thing that it'll be, God will put this on, on some people's hearts more than others. And I want to encourage you that if that's you, pursue it. Let's find ways to pursue that. Um, and let's find ways to, to champion what God's putting on your heart. For some of you, it won't be. But God should be putting reconciliation with First Peoples, our Aboriginal brothers and sisters, on everyone's heart. Because God has a heart for the vulnerable in our communities. And when Aboriginal people are being incarcerated at a much higher rate and having death in custody at a much higher rate than the rest of us, they are vulnerable in our community. And so we have an obligation to love and care for them. Have to. How has God changed your heart, J.D., in this area? Uh, How's he done a number on you? For me, it's not really the area of Indigenous people. It's more children. <laughs> He's mm. slowly uh, softening my heart. and uh, It's completely a work that I do out of his strength because it's not something that I can do in my own. Um, but it's just trusting that God calls you somewhere and that he'll equip you. So he's equipped me to be able to go on these trips and um, to do the camps, which, you know, asked me two years ago and never would have seen that in my future yeah in an area of ministry you've never felt equipped Not never felt capable never felt called and god doesn't uh call the equipped he equips the called yeah exactly and so you've responded and said yes and i, I just yeah. think as well there might be people here right now who are just sensing some sort of prompting from god about something to do and you might be scared about whether you have the capacity and god's just saying i equip the called okay if i've called you just say yes and you'll get there and you'll get there. And so you're developing passion for children and think about becoming a children's pastor pretty soon. No? Jen has Putting that words role in your mouth? safe and secure. Okay. All right. Well, don't forget, my five-year-old Noah has basically a standing offer of marriage for you. So, yeah. so just... You're, I hope you, that I'll be married before he's 18. Yeah, well, there is a bit of an age gap, but that's fine. That's fine. On that wonderful note, Jade, thank you so much for sharing with us. Can we thank Jade? Our Samaria. Our Samaria. And uh, Encounter is not specifically looking to partner with Copley, but we, we will love and support and champion anyone who does. And we are looking for ways that we can strategically partner with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. So if God's stirring up stuff in your heart, come talk to me. Come and talk to Pastor Jen. We'd love to talk to you about it.
So our final area, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, is the ends of the earth. Now, next week, I am really excited. My friend Tim Reed from Open Doors is coming across from Sydney, and he's going to share with us about the persecuted church and the work of Christians under incredible pressure in the Middle East and in many of the countries across the world where it is illegal to be a Christian. You are not going to want to miss Tim next week. You lock it in your diaries. If mum tells you to come around for dinner, tell her you'll be late. But you'll be there because you love your mum, but you'll be late because <laughs> Tim's going to be that good, okay? And one of the things that we are going to do next week is we're going to do something incredibly rare and take up an offering, not for Tim, because as part of our promise to you guys is how we use our finances at Encounter is to make sure that we budget for people like Tim, but to take up an offering for Open Doors as an organisation. Say, how can we as a church partner with you bless you as an organization. Open doors are all over the world. One of the countries they are in is Indonesia. Indonesia, our nearest, largest Muslim neighbor. It is an interesting place to do ministry. Many people in this room will have been there, probably to Bali, which is, you know, in Indonesia light, but it's still Indonesia. It's still Indonesia. And in fact, Bali is in many ways its own culture, its own thing. But enough about me talking about Bali. Let's talk to somebody who has been there a bit more recently. Would you welcome Taryn Ritchie to come and share about her experiences with us? Hey, Taz. Hey. How you going? Hello. Good. 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 Yeah. Tell us about your experiences in Bali. How'd you get there? Took a plane? Am I right? Yeah. Got got it. Got a new one. Awesome. Awesome. Who did you go with? Um, so I went with a team that have been doing it for a long time. The mm-hmm. people who organise it are uh, Viv and Roger, mm-hmm. uh, Brooke, which would be Tom's parents. What a great family. Them. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, I just... Roger married me and Jenny. Did you know that? Yeah, you told guy. me. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she already sounds like one of my kids. This is going well. <laughs> Thanks, Taryn. Everybody thank Taryn. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I went um, went with a team of about 10 people, including myself, and we went for two weeks and we just hung out with the people, we painted some walls, um, but most importantly, tried to spread the love of Jesus, of course, and get to meet new people and, you know, just expose ourselves to the unknown and really learn to trust God. So yeah, and just grow in that area. How did you get involved? And, uh, and what prompted you to go to Bali? Well, funny story, I never wanted to go to Bali, ever. Um, I was very preconceited in my idea of going, I don't really want to go there, I don't agree with the kind of whitewash side of things. But um, my auntie, Jade's mum, she went last year with Roger and Viv, Mm -hmm. and she went because she was prompted by my other auntie who has been doing it with the team for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And... um, at the end of last year, we were talking about it, and she's like, oh, I'm not sure if I should go or not, and she was looking at finances, and God opened a door that she never thought would be able to happen, and it did, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do something like that, because I've never been able to do anything kind of Christian mission kind of area, and she was like, right, let's do it, and I was like, cool, done, and then we just said yes, and we did it, so. Just a prompting from God. Yeah. Yes, here we go. And Love then it. I had no idea. I had I'd never met Roger Aviv. I had yep. never met anybody. Um, just knew that Annie Jessie went last year. I didn't even really talk to her about what she did. Yep. But and that was it. Unbelievable. There we go. So what what is it about Bali that makes it... What is unique about Bali as a mission field? Um, I think 
Uh, one of the big things I did learn over there is that Indonesia itself as a country is predominantly Muslim, but the island of Bali is actually predominantly Hindu. So when you go over there, it's obviously very different religion, very different practice. Um, the people themselves, they have their own ways of doing things people would think are different here. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, doors that need to be opened in terms of how their government works or the opportunities they get for education. There's, you know, to some degree, some poverty there. Mm -hmm. We are very lucky for the things that we have here. So um, they need not necessarily um, people to come in and show them how to do things, but when they need people to serve for them and they need the financial opportunity as well to make their amazing ideas happen. So, mm. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, one of the there's a long-running conversation back and forth in Christian circles about mission and overseas mission in particular, uh, and it basically goes like this: Look, if you want to be a long-term missionary, fine, yep, train yourself up, really sell out for it, and go. If you want to do short-term mission, are you just going to go on a junket to basically go on a Christian holiday, or are you going? Are you going to go take jobs that actually the people in that country could be doing for themselves? Or and there's a sort of back and forth. What did you find? How did you find God changed you as a result of your time over there? Um, well, exactly. I think the funny thing about doing uh, mission stints like that is that, you know, you go over there with, to serve and kind of, you know, act like you can support and encourage people, but mm -hmm. most of the time you end up getting more, I think, personally in terms of your own growth. Uh, I My faith with God just grew amazingly. I... It was just amazing because you have your life and your background here, but to go to a completely different world and a new face and just to forget everything about necessarily you and go, okay, where am I at with God and how, what can I do in this kind of area? And, uh, yeah, we did, like, devotions every day and we prayed and it was just amazing to be a part of a very full-on Christian uh, team. And, again, just learning to be with a team and do certain things and not know what's going to happen, I ended up giving my first testimony in an Come Indonesian on. church. Um, because and now here you are, sharing the testimony again. Here we are. Um, it was like 8.30 the night before, and we went to a Sunday uh, morning session, and uh, Roger and Viv were like, oh, we really want somebody to give a testimony. And I felt prompted, and I was like, I'll wait till the end of the night. And then they asked again, and nobody said anything and I was like oh crap I'm gonna have to do it so <laughs> uh, I gave it and it was actually the most empowering kind of moment I've had so far like it's been a massive stretch for even me to come up here and talk and not yeah. have a freak out about yeah. it um, apparently it made a difference to people as well who listened to it even though I had an Indonesian translator and it's the weirdest conditions you would think but it was it was amazing like it really changed my heart and just really showed me that when you don't even know what's going to happen the next day or who you're going to interact with, that God's just got it. Like, he just provided the whole time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just and just to be able to meet people, it was just amazing because they are so cool people. Like, they're, they, they're ideas. And just to go, you have this, but you still are wanting to do amazing things and they want to change the game over there. So That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, what, what were some of your initial struggles? You went over there... Any kind of culture shock or any big surprise Massive. moments? Yeah. Oh, okay. So my team I went with, they're, you would say, a little bit older than me personally, being 19. They're probably oh, like 50s, 60s, 40s. Um, so first day I had not only a culture shock but a massive age shock. Um, 
which is fine. I worked around <laughs> it. They're amazing people. Um, it was so nice to just be with some older people and just constantly learn from them. But again, there's language barriers. Like, I wish I spoke more Indonesian um, if I could change things because there's that language barrier, but you still just kind of make it work. Um, again, with the culture in general, they do things very differently to you would in Australia. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's kind of absorbing that all in the first day and just going, okay, yeah. I'm not going to compare it to anything. I'm yeah. just going to take it off face value and we're just going to go with it. That's great. Any good stories? Or um, in terms of, like, funny or... Whatever you like. Whatever you like. Oh, um, no, I don't really have... Oh, I probably have a heap of funner stories, but I just can't think of them now. One of my favourite moments, I think, being in Bali was we did a Bible study in the women's prison. And, you know, I say that and a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, go into a prison. But you just go in and we ended up just doing worship for, like, half an hour. And it was the Holy Spirit was just amazing. We were singing Build My Life. Yeah. Um, we had some woman come in that was not Christian, just start playing on the guitar. And we'd, before you know it, we're just sitting around a circle and singing. And the Holy Spirit was just there and I ended up being able to play I mean to pray for that girl who was playing on the guitar she didn't know about God and I was able to tell her that God loves her and that you know he has a plan for her so yeah. it was really important what an opportunity yeah and just to do that to somebody that you've never met um, and again they don't have the opportunity really for somebody to come and tell them that God yeah. loves them especially in a prison that's a little bit isolated so yeah just to Fantastic. go over there and encourage people and they generally encourage us back. You know, it's really inspiring to see these people um, do what they do. How would you, uh, what kinds of people would you encourage to go on short-term mission? Um, well, there were a few um, organisations that we served for and just kind of hung around. So there were two orphanages that we went and saw. We mainly did our work with them. Um, we... So there's Bali Life, that's quite a big orphanage now. They house about 40 kids, ranging from like 3 to like 18 plus. Um, and they set them up for life. Um, so we painted for their community centre that they've just recently built, which now the C3 Bali have their own church in. Fantastic. Every Sunday, which is amazing because that's Brilliant. a uh, financial support for them. Um, they also have a childcare centre there, but it was just cool to meet the kids and spend time with them. They're amazing people. Um, the people organise it. There was also another orphanage called um, Kingdom Kids, and that's up a little bit north, not as, um, I would say, abundant in resources. Um, but there was about 20 kids there, and um, I think it's really important for the team because they get to see these kids. So there's kids that were 8, 10 years ago are now 18, and they're graduating and somehow getting into medical school because God's just found a way like yeah. these kids are so smart and they want to learn and um just to see that growth for my team personally has been like amazing to see them you know yeah. grow and be so amazed to see that the seeds that you sow really do reap over yeah. time yeah. um and just to go back I think every year and just go hey you're actually doing a really good job because everybody needs encouragement all the time that you know keep going and doing what you're doing um, we also did with Bali Life in a partnership, we got an eye clinic out. Um, with that, we got to get in the local temple area, the general public in one area of Bali, to come in. They got um, cataract surgery. Um, I think seven people got cataract surgery, which is important. That's so that's reaching out to the general community in Bali. Yeah. People that would never know God, they know that we're just here to help them. 
And then we also got to go to a school with 400 kids and they all got their eyes checked. So we got to play and hang out with them, which is awesome. Man, so. those who have eyes to see, let them see. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, literally opening the eyes of the people of Bali. So, That's yeah. so good. That's so good, Taryn. We just thank Taryn so much for sharing with us this Ready? Thanks, mate. And I think, uh, Ben, you guys can come back up. It'd be great. Just to finish really quickly, I just, just want to ask this one question. What's God prompting you about? How is God wanting to use your skills, your passions, and the opportunities in your life to impact others? What's God prompting you about?